0: Good morning, welcome to the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I am Rob G, and I am glad to be talking to you this morning. Drive time traffic, per usual, and uh, today is no exception. I'm sitting here at 7:54 a.m. on Tuesday, October second, and it's uh, traffic again. Funny when I started this job uh, two and a half years ago, it didn't seem to be any traffic. It would take me about 40 to 45 minutes to drive from my house uh, in Rockland County in the tri-state area uh, to the office, A.K.A. the box, in Parsippany, New Jersey. 45 minutes now. It's taking me usually close to an hour, and I don't know why that happens, but it happened, and uh, you know, nobody's fond of traffic, and the fact that it's getting worse. Just gets me more and more motivated to pursue what I pursue in my life. And you know, if you're tuning in here, uh, thank you for tuning in. And this is a new podcast. I am grateful to have you listening and I hope you get some value out of this. But we talk about our pursuits. Again, my story I have a nine to five job and I have a company I'm building outside of that. And that is my long-term strategy to make up for uh, 20 years of not achieving what I want to achieve. So, that's what we're doing here today, and I want to talk about that. That's going to be part of the topic in today's podcast. It's about how I came to be motivated to do what I'm doing in building my own company. Now, just real quick, I've always wanted to own a company. Have you? I know uh, I heard a statistic one time. I don't know if it's true, but the statistic said that eight out of 10 Americans would like to own their own business, but don't. And I don't know if that's skewed because people, you know, some people have pie in the sky aspirations and dreams that they have no intention of acting on. So to me, that might be skewed a little bit because I've talked to a lot of people and I think most people think it's a good idea and they they hold uh, business owners in a somewhat of a high regard because usually they feel like it's something they can't do. They're not born business people. Uh, I believe some people are born or have the genetic traits that enable them to embrace business practices quicker. I don't know if that makes them a born businessman or woman, but uh, sure, if you're extroverted, it's easier to talk. If you like selling things course that's an advantage but I wasn't those if that if that's a classification a born business owner that was not me and, you know i I'm an introvert and I've read personality styles books personality profiles and my profile is that of a passive person versus a an active person socially and I'm very cautious which is typically not a trait of business people they're usually uh, more risk-embracing people. But I always did want to own my own business, and I learned over time the things that it took. And maybe that's why it took me so long to actually have the self-confidence to run a business. I mean, how about you? Wh- where do you stand in that? Think about it. Are you? Do you own your own business now? Would you like to if you don't? And... If you don't, but you would like to, what's stopping you? And those are the kind of things that we'll talk about here. Maybe some of the things that motivated me or some of the turning points in my life are something that you can take on yourself and maybe help speed up your process. Here at the Authentic Rob G Podcast, I just want to develop and embrace a community and hear from you all about your journey, because this is my journey, and I'm not some expert, so if you're tuning in, you're like, what's this guy got to say, can he change my life, probably not, I'm not an expert, but I'm just a guy with a perspective, and uh, if you share some of my perspectives, maybe you'll keep tuning back here, also you may see me, or hear from me, uh, out on Twitter and Instagram, at AuthenticRobG, give me a shout out there, on YouTube, my channel Savvy, where I talk about business and design and life on your own terms and the journey that I have getting there myself. So if you want to follow along and come along with me on this journey, I welcome you. But my journey has always been one of a job in the beginning, nine to five, work for somebody else. In fact, I became a graphic designer partly because I liked the idea of hiding behind the box and not talking to anybody and the box being the computer, just sit there and tap away and not really have to socialize with anybody or interact with anybody. Give me a task and let me do it, and I'll come to you when it's done. That's that's how I thought. And the funny thing is that deep down I knew that that wasn't the way to really succeed, but that was where I was at mentally. And self-confidence-wise, that's where I was at. And that's a big one right there because had i had the self confidence that i have today i might have succeeded in achieving my goals a lot earlier so what was a turning point for me i was always looking to own a business and i was looking for the opportunity that would have fit me and that i guess that wouldn't have been too many because you know if you're introverted and if you don't have business skills and you're not particularly fond of selling that's going to eliminate a lot of businesses. So, I, you know, I, when I, let's see, back in 1991, I had a childhood friend of mine call me up. I was 23 years old, hadn't seen him in a bunch of years and he was running a, a graphic design and, and print shop out in California and he heard I was a graphic designer and he was a businessman and he called me up and he said, hey, I hear you're a graphic designer here's what I'm doing, you want to come be a partner in my business and let's build something cool. And being the person that I was, I was always led by others, which is part of the problem as well. I was like, yeah, of course, because I wanted to own a business and the, the safety net that I felt was there in partnering with somebody who was more of a business person. You know, If there was somebody that was born to be a business person, it was him. Cause he had the gift of gab. He, he, I remember when we were kids, we were 10, 11 years old. He had no problem going up to strangers and then just asking them random questions about business. It was incredible. And I, I was always, I always admired it because I couldn't even really even look you in the eye or say hi to you as a child and even into my adulthood. That's pretty sad, but that's the case. And that's the case for a lot of men that I run into and women. Especially men, it surprises me, but that is a, a sad fact and one I'd like to change. So, I said yes and went out there, and after about a year, discovered this is not for me. In the fact that, um, I, you know, I was born and raised in New York, and it's a different mindset. And out there, it's a very different mindset—not good or bad, just very different. Not what I was used to and didn't really like where the business was headed anyway, so I decided to pack it in and come back to New York, and that's what I did. But I did get a little taste of business ownership, and it tasted really good. And I thought, well, this is something, this is what I have to do. I have to find something that I can do. So what I started to do, I guess, was the next best thing. I was, quote-unquote, starting a business, really... It was purely a, a freelance thing where I figured if I can get my name out there and I can become a freelance designer outside of a, a job, then that's fine. And I always had a job, I was never unemployed until later, and that's gonna be later in the story. But that was gonna be one of the ways where I was gonna start to, you know, learn about business ownership through being a freelancer, which isn't quite the same. You've heard me talk about this in another podcast of freelancer versus business owner. It's a huge difference. But at least that was something that was in my comfort zone, or maybe just outside my comfort zone, because there was things I had to do that I was not comfortable doing. But you know, it's all about stretching. Are, are you stretching yourself? What are you doing on a regular basis, hopefully daily, that pushes you a little bit outside your comfort zone? So if you look at that zone, if you can visualize your comfort zone, and you know, just just mentally picture yourself in a big circle around yourself as far as how big you think your comfort zone is and somewhere just outside or around that circle's edge there is socializing with people. And just outside that circle there was socializing with strangers. Somebody you just met can you strike up a conversation with that person and hold a conversation that that's that's a big jump that was a huge jump for me cuz i couldn't even really socialize with people i knew and then outside of socializing with somebody you just met you know perhaps introducing yourself and striking up a conversation and learning how to do that outside of that would be well what if you were just outside living your life and maybe you're at the grocery store and you just talk to somebody randomly in a friendly way, not a creepy way. Don't be a creep, but just a friendly way. You've met people like this. They just turn around and they say something funny or they say hi and before you know it, they're talking to you. Those people always amazed me because I always wanted to be that way. And Then outside of that might be sales. So You can see that the circle, the comfort zone gets bigger and bigger, but each time you do one of those things, your comfort zone gets larger and that's really the goal. We're not saying go from passive, cautious, analytical, closed off, um, recluse type person that I was and jumping into salesman, business owner, giving keynote speeches and it's not, not talking about that kind of, you can't make that kind of jump, not successfully, I believe anyway. It's going to come in baby steps. You're going to spoon feed yourself a little bit of discomfort each day or each week, and let your comfort zone expand based on those little steps. And that's essentially what I did for a number of years. I had a lot of issues to overcome. So think about expanding your comfort zone and what you need to do that, and just start doing it. I meet so many people that say, Hey, that's just not me. Well, listen, uh, I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel. I have given presentations in front of a room of one to a room of 300 people and up. And for some people, that's, you know, death is more appealing than speaking to people in a public environment. But I did it and I can do it to this day. And trust me, if you had met me, if you ever run into somebody who knew me when I was a teenager or even in my 20s, if you could ask them what was he like? they like, we don't know. You know, Oh, you got you to listen to this story. Check this out. I'm going to give you a great example of the type of person I, I was. You're not going to believe this. I remember back in, it was somewhere around the late 80s, maybe 1990 or so. And at that time, I liked to play racquetball. Me and my brother used to go play racquetball a lot. That was my form of exercise and recreation. And I remember being at the racquetball courts. And it was, you know, one of these clubs that you go to and you pay them per hour and you rent out the court for, you know, an hour or two. And I remember going to the club and going to, you know, standing outside the court waiting for the previous guys to finish up. And I'm there lacing up my sneakers. And I see this guy actually sitting across from me doing the same thing, getting ready to play. And uh, I said, you know, I thought I recognized this guy. And I go, Mike? And he looks up at me. He looks up and he goes, yeah? And I said, Mike Garvey? He says, yeah. He didn't know who I was. I said, Rob Genovese. He's like, oh, hi. He still didn't know who I was. And I thought, okay. You know, it's been a number of years since school, so he doesn't remember. Rob Genovese, you know, Our names both start with G. Um, I sat two chairs behind you in homeroom every day throughout high school. He's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, Mike, you know, we went through high school together, you know, Clark's down south. And he's like, right. And I said, Mike, you lived behind me. Your house was diagonal to my house. We were neighbors. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And you know what hit me? He had no idea who I was. In the same homeroom for years. Neighbors. our, Our houses were back to back diagonally. So it's not like he saw me coming out of the front of my house every day. But still, really. As kids. You know, with his backyards. And I thought, wow. I am the invisible man. And I remember thinking, that's who I am. Who I was. I mean, nobody knew who I was. I, you know... Went through all school, all, all 12 grades with mostly the same people before I moved. And this guy, who should have known me if anybody would, because I wasn't really friends with him, but geez, I saw the guy every single day. And he didn't know me. And wow, what, what an eye opener that was. And I thought, I am really going to be a loser if this doesn't change. So that's who I am. So, was I likely to be a business person and be able to talk to people and develop relationships with people and rapport and have enough, at least a little bit of charisma so that people like me enough in the beginning where maybe they'd want to learn about my business and seeing if there's something we can do together. I, I think not. So I was highly unlikely. But you know, you just don't stop clawing and scratching to get to where you want to be. I lacked... what. What I did have was the knowledge that I was not the type of person to be what I wanted to be and achieve what I wanted to achieve and that I could. Here, here was, my, here was my, my advantage. I knew I could change because I met a lot of people who thought you are the way you are and you can't change it and I never thought that way. So I felt like that was my one advantage. Now I just need to figure out how to change to become that person. Not change my personality per se. I'm still kind of like this dorky, quirky, dry sense of humor kind of guy. That doesn't change. My heart doesn't change. But, you know, just because I become a little bit more outgoing and I have more confidence doesn't change who I am. It just changed the way I present myself and helps me... Achieve my goals because these are necessary traits. So, what did I lack then that stopped me from doing it earlier? Because, you know, back in the late 90s to 2000s, I was developing more skills in being able to speak and having more confidence in striking up a conversation. That was my biggest hurdle. So, what was stopping me? Um, honestly, it was motivation. I was. I, to say this bluntly, I was lazy. And it didn't sit well with me. It's not like I was proud of the fact that I was unmotivated or could even explain why just it, no, nothing, I was apathetic. And boy, what a killer word that is. Apathy is the biggest enemy out there that you could ever find in my opinion because it's the thing that held me back because I didn't care much either way and it hurt me inside that I didn't care if if that could make sense. The fact that it didn't matter to me enough to get my butt off the couch and go do something hurt. And I thought, I've got to change this because I met people with passion and fire and people that were motivated and energetic. And I thought, man, I wish I could be like that and that would solve my problem. And so that didn't come for very long. And sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can start to swim back up. And that came in 2013 somewhat. I told you earlier that I had never been unemployed and I never had up until 2013. And after working for a company for 14 years and basically being... Um, I don't know what you'd call it. You know, it was fired, essentially. I didn't have a job the day they did it. But it didn't have to do with me, so they said. I like to think that. But, I mean, they did say it, and there was evidence that it wasn't me personally. I was performing, but the company wanted to save money. It was a, a media company, and they had about nine magazines. And so my position on the magazine was eliminated on all nine magazines, so they didn't just get rid of me, they actually got rid of the position. In essence, I was still unemployed, but that's another story because it wasn't me. It was just circumstances. It was budgetary. It was economy based. It was the owners of the company wanted to make more money and felt they could do it by trimming some of the extra salaries, you know. Quickly, one lot one day they save a million dollars a year about by getting rid of that, that position. And I was in print Designed for many many years for practically my whole career, and in 2013 I thought, you know, I really got to get on this digital thing, and just really wasn't that motivated to do it. You know, if you if you're in the digital age right now, and you maybe you have been since the 2000, you're going, what are you crazy? You know, I think no, I know that I was just complacent. I had a job for 14 years and I made a decent salary. Well, you know, why would I want to change anything? And, Hey, this unemployment thing, that's no big deal. I've never been unemployed before, but I knew I had the skills in order to get a another job fairly quickly. Excuse me. You know, I could now by then I could talk to people and I could talk to strangers in stores. In fact, I did that. You know, when, when I became unemployed, I figured, okay, I sat around for four days and maybe just, did, you know, took a mini vacation and did nothing and just enjoyed it. I got a severance package, so I wasn't in a huge rush. And I figured, oh, well, if it takes me six months, because that's what I was told, then I should be okay. The severance will about run out, but then I'll get another job, and that would be the worst. It would be great to get one right away so I, I could actually have the severance and then have an income and you know stash that money in the bank. But I figured after four days, okay, let me get to it, and I did everything that you're supposed to do, things that the person I used to be could never fathom. I did what you're supposed to do. I contacted recruiters. I posted my resume on job boards. I got on LinkedIn. I was emailing people. I was reaching out to people I know to let them know, hey, I'm looking for a job. I even, get this, I met with a a career coach. Oh, here's, here's a good little side story. The career coach. I found this guy in Manhattan in one of the largest recruiting firms or staffing firms in New York City. And I said, can I meet with you? I need help. He said, yeah, sure. And I met with this guy and, uh, after spending about a half hour with him, (laughs) do you know what happened? He, I thought he was going to be like, Hey Rob, no problem. I see your flaws. I see what needs to be done and I can get you right back on track and you should be employed within the week. And that's what I was hoping for. And that's what, you know, I'm paying the guy. And I thought, you know, that's what I expected. Do you know what he said to me after a half hour? He said, Rob, I can't help you. Imagine, imagine a career coach saying, I can't help you. I mean, that's what they do. They help people. I said, why? He goes, honestly, he goes, I would like to learn from you. Just the way you talk and the way you carry yourself. I aspire to be more that way. I would like to learn from you. And I thought, we are in trouble. <laughs> the career coach wants to learn from me. And I walked out, I was so disappointed because I thought, if I have skills that this guy would like to have, I'm screwed. How am I going to find a job? Well, it just came down to my, I guess my specific design skills in uh, that background. But that was after maybe four or five months. And I'm going to tell you, I was doing things that I... Didn't think I would have to do, but I was willing to do. How about the time I was in ShopRite in Northvale, New Jersey, and it's by the Frozen Foods, and I just struck up a conversation with a guy standing there, um, you know, with the intention of, hey, maybe this is a guy who could, you know, offer me an opportunity. How crazy is that? It was like cold contacting people, just walking up to strangers and striking up a conversation. It's a little weird, but I did it because. I felt like, well, I'm doing everything else and nothing else is working. And I actually happened to meet this guy who was in the in the business. The he ran a creative studio in Manhattan <clears throat> excuse me. He ran a creative studio in Manhattan. And um you know, he he wanted to give me something, but he didn't have any positions available. Um, so it didn't have much to do with me, just you know, timing wasn't right. And we had talked a couple of times and Reached out over the course of a couple of months, but nothing ever materialized out of it. And by month seven, I was like, man, this is bad. So uh, I decided, you know what? There's one thing I haven't done. Believe it or not, by 2013, I had not done this yet. I'm going to get my own website. I'm going to build my own website. So I remember sitting down and checking out all the DIY website builders and trying to pick the best one that I felt like I could do. Now, I didn't code, so I had to use these drag-and-drop builders. And I picked the best one that I thought would work for me. And I remember starting on a Friday morning. And I spent the whole day Friday, and about to 11 o'clock Friday night, and then about six hours the next day on Saturday, until I got it just the way I wanted, and I launched it. And boom, I had my own website, my first website ever, and I thought that was a lot of hard work and trial and error, but it was fun, you know, as a, as a website designer, so to speak. It wasn't really a designer, but it felt cool, and I liked it. I liked the digital world. I liked the fact that you could just put something up there, and it's up there. You know, in print, you've got to think about how it's going to be reproduced based on the inks and the substrate, you know, what kind of paper or what's going to be printed on and Who's the printer and do they know what they're doing? It's just, it's such a nightmare business. So, digital to me was like, wow, this is instant. What you see is what you get. And I did that. And um, a month later, in September, was it August or September, um, I found a job. Here's the funny part after I did all those things career coach, recruiters, job boards, emailing, cold contacting, you name it, I was doing it, LinkedIn, social media, somebody calls me up that I used to work with and says, hey, the company I work for is making a new position, I think you'd be perfect for it, and I went in, and they hired me, (laughs) so, isn't that crazy, after all that, it can't, the job, the one interview I got, the one interview I got, because I was, uh, how old was I then? It was uh forty five, something like that. The one interview I got came because of a person that I already knew. How weird is that? It was almost like it was all for nothing, but you know, sometimes that's the way it works. So I got the job and it was less money than I was used to making, but I wasn't getting anything else. So hey I got a job. That was the that was the important part. And then it happened again. I got complacent. I, I just uh I felt like hey I can breathe now. It's okay. I got money coming in. It was just in time because my severance was just running out, but all is good, right? And two years later, almost to the day, they let me go. Now I'm 47, 48, just about 48 years old and unemployed for the second time in two years. Listen, nobody wants a 48-year-old graphic designer. I'll tell you that much. No company wants to hire a middle-aged designer. So what was I going to do? We talked about motivation. Let me tell you something. The next seven months after that were horrific, financially speaking, Uh, because I was never great at managing money. If you're not, you better get really good at it, live below your means, put aside 10% at minimum. And we burned through everything. We were um it's hard to talk about, but we were uh we were on assistance and it was tough. But after seven months, um going through the same thing again as far as reaching out to people, emailing, recruiters, job boards, doing whatever I could, uh Managed to uh, make a connection with somebody that I actually knew, by way of family, and um, he was partner in a company, and they needed somebody, and they actually the timing was right. So he offered me a job, and I needed it, and it came at a good time. And boy, I could breathe again, so it was okay. But during that during that time period, I thought. You know, this is before he offered me the job, so it's around August of uh, 2015, it's a rough year, I thought, you know what, I can't put off this digital thing anymore. I can't, I can't put off a learning about, more about social media and the web and how I can use that to leverage my experience and education in creating a new career. And I thought, you know what? In two years, I got two interviews. Actually, just one because I hadn't got the second one yet. But it took me a long time to get one interview. But what I did do was I went to a friend of mine and I said, hey, he he owned a couple of businesses. And I said, your your website kind of stinks. You know, I could say that we were friends. I said, can I design, can I build you a new one for free? Because I need to learn how to do this, it would help me out. And if you like it, you know, obviously use it, and hopefully it will it will add value to your company. And he said, sure. And I did that, and he was like, Wow! He goes, This is really good. And he was showing it to a friend of his, an associate who owned many businesses, large businesses. This guy was a multimillionaire in his twenties. And the guy said, I want your guy to build me a site. And in fact, I ended up building building two websites for that guy and you know from that first guy he introduced me to another guy who was starting up a company with a partner of his and I did his website and that partner's girlfriend who's a lawyer needed a website and that guy's mother ran a nonprofit and they needed a website and you know it just it just snowballed from there and I thought I've gotten more website jobs from one, referral. Basically, it started with my one friend than I ever got an interview. If it's easier to get work on my own in this new field I'm doing, I'm going to do this. And Let me tell you something. You know this talk is about um, motivation and what's yours and overcoming what you need to overcome in order to learn the skills. If the last piece of the puzzle was motivation, God bless me big time because what I went through in not being able to provide for my family, it scarred me so deep and put a burn in me that I never felt before in my life because I vowed. And when I took that job from the the family friend, I told him, I said, just so you know, I am a freelance web designer on the side and I don't want to give that up. He said, I don't care what you do on the side. Just put in a good eight hours for us, and whatever you want to do on the side, you can bake cookies for all I care and sell them. And I was like, cool, and I didn't give it up. And You know something? I have never been unmotivated since, and I have never not done something to build my company. I went from freelancer mindset to business owner mindset real quick, and I've always had work, and that's two and a half years now since that day when I decided to do it. So what is your motivation or is motivation your issue? Are skills your issue? Let me tell you something. The skills that I had to learn took me a while because of, because of the, the quiet, passive person I was, but I could still do it. I could still force myself to talk to somebody and to give a presentation and be real nervous and have sweaty, cold palms But to manufacture motivation was the hardest thing I had to do. And you know what? It took me hitting rock bottom for it to come, but it came. What do you have to do to overcome the thing that's holding you back? Whatever it is, you need to do it. You need to do it. Because it makes the difference in maybe you avoiding what I went through and being financially devastated and now I'm essentially I'm starting over again from scratch. But, you know, I'm studying something else called time compression and I talk about that in another podcast about how I have to in the next 10 to 20 years go twice as far with half the time. And there's different time hacks to be able to do that and multiple streams of income helps. So these are the things I'm working on we'll be talking about. So, that's the podcast and topic for today, I want you to go away with those thoughts. What's stopping you? Are they skills? Is it motivation? Maybe you need to get fired too. And I don't really necessarily wish it upon you, but if that's what it takes, you'll be okay. I'm okay. You'll be okay. Because I know that the benefit of me getting fired, I would never change what I went through because it built me into the person that I am today in order to achieve what I'm achieving, so I can't say that I would go back and not have that happen again. It changed me dramatically, so if it's in your power to do it, please do it. Make sure it's in your power. Don't, don't let circumstances be imposed on you that make you change. Change before it happens. Be proactive. Take the reins in making it happen on your terms, and I want you to hit me up. On Twitter, Instagram, at Authentic Rob G. Go to my YouTube channel, Savvy, S A V V Y. Hit me up there. Subscribe to the channel. Got three videos about going up every week, brand new content all the time, talking about design, business, and life on your own terms. Let's talk. Put the comments below. Hit me up here. Respond to this podcast and let me hear what you've gone through what you're going through, what you want to achieve. Hey, what's holding you back? And let's talk about it. We'll address those in future podcasts. So this is Rob G. And this is the Authentic Rob G. Podcast. Have a great day.